Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome to episode 124 of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. And it's one hell of a show that we've got for you today. There is an awful lot to cram in. It's been WrestleMania weekend. We've had NXT TakeOver New York. We've had the Hall of Fame. We've had WrestleMania 35. And as we record this, last night we also had the Raw the much-famed Raw after WrestleMania. So an awful lot to talk about, a lot to get through, and somehow we are going to cram something like 24 hours worth of wrestling into 60 minutes. So there's the challenge, guys. Uh, joining me to help us navigate these waters, it's Guy and Tadiwa. How are we doing, guys? All good. I think we're going to have to give up on that 60-minute thing. <laughs> <laughs> That is our challenge. That is our challenge. Can we, you know, the, the, the WWE cannot seem to squeeze WrestleMania into anything less than about eight hours. So, but we're going to, we, we have to do this. We, are you up for the challenge today? Yeah, yeah. It should be interesting. Keep it short and sweet. <laughs> are you listening, Vince McMahon? Keep it short <laughs> and sweet. Less is more. Less is more. So, guys... <clears throat> Uh, I, I should say fellas or someone like that, really, shouldn't I? Because that gets, with Guy here, I keep saying guys, that gets confusing. I'm used to the, it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the, the weekend started with uh, NXT TakeOver New York, and we'd look at, we'd, um, we'd, we'd done the preview show. We were really, really looking forward to it. Did it match your expectation level, Guy? Uh, matched them, yes. Surpassed them. Hell yes, 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 yes. Daniel Bryan, yes. It, it was, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And what about you to do? Was this one of your favourite uh, takeovers? Oh yeah, definitely. And it seems like every time we say, I don't know how they can top it, they seem to top it. So credit to them. It was a really good show. Yeah, I, I, I've got to say, I, I loved it as well. And the thing that I seem to, I don't know, something that I love about it is no matter 
what event it's pinned to, even though this is WrestleMania, it, they could be tempted, you know, to to add an extra couple of matches on there, go even longer, stretch it out longer. But no, they, they keep it to the same format and it's nice and tight. It's about three hours. It's all in-ring product. We, we don't get drawn off into daft little things backstage and other segments and vignettes and everything else. It's all about what the show is being built up for, what they've, what the storylines are being built towards, and then we get it in the ring. And I, I don't know about you, Tadio, but I, I just love that format and I love the way they stick to it. And it's, it's just, it has this Triple H all over it for me. That yeah, it's definitely something that you can distinguish from the main, the main brand, the WWE style of doing things. And I do like the methodical approach they use in NXT. I think. There's obviously, you know, with with them doing tapings and their pay-per-views aren't as often, there's more time to think through things through and actually build threads throughout storylines. But, you know, one thing to, to, to talk about it, it's another thing to execute it, and they seem to be executing it pretty well. Yeah, and another thing is I think that has got um, the Triple H fingerprints all over it is he does like a big entrance. Uh, we see that every WrestleMania <laughs> The big convoluted entrance, uh, and they do these. They do this for for people at, at NXT. The War Raiders, we've seen it a couple of times now. I, I for me, I think this is is perfect for the character, and, th- and that's a big thing here. It, it just adds something to their characters, and and taking it straight into that first match, I thought for, I thought this was a fantastic tag match, and and I love that whole thing about the entrance with them as well. Yeah, and they they seemed to be, you know, one one of those teams when they came in where just by looking at them they get they get put in a certain bracket, but just the whole allure of from their entrance to their in ring performance they seem to have the whole package in terms of what they can do. Um, it doesn't it, it it doesn't hurt having Triple H who loves that kind of you know hard rock grunge type of entrance and they seem to to play off it really well with the the whole war war theme towards it and guy did you enjoy that that opening tag match that uh, tag team title match oh god yeah i mean i agree with everything you said previously in the formula of opening with normally the tag team match i mean pretty much exclusively the tag team match for a while now but um it just it's just the perfect match in nxt to, to open because can you remember the last time there was a bad, well, a bad match on on takeover? Never mind a tag team match. But can you remember the last time there was ever a disappointing um, a tag team match on on a takeover? I mean, even even if it's just random teams like Only and Lorcan, I think I remember correctly that they just they just seem to put on these five star matches quite easily in the tag team division, and you just kind of wish the main roster would take note because the talent pool is there. Um, but on NXT, without fail, the tag team match is an opener. And it just does it perfectly. It, it's just, it's the perfect formula, and Triple H has got it down to a T. And I mean, the War Raiders. I, I mean, I love them. There's kind of a bit of everything, and obviously we kind of got the random tag team of kick and flip together. But it, it, even if it's just a temporary tag team, it just or just whacking on a classic match. It just, it's just perfect. Yeah, the, the the contrast between NXT and main roster in tag team wrestling is vast. And yeah, as, as a tag team wrestling fan myself, yeah, I, I don't need to go too much into that. Now, guy, you said you look, you hadn't seen too much of Matt Riddle. 
Um, what what did you make of uh, Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream? Because obviously you got to um, witness a lot more of of what he's capable of in this match. Um, this was one of the matches I was kind of unsure of on the on the takeover car because obviously, as I said, I haven't seen Matt Riddle that much. It was phenomenal. He, I, I think it started off like very MMA and methodical and stuff like that, which I don't normally like. But it just kind of, it sparked after f- probably five-ish minutes or so. It just sparked into something near on perfect. I mean, I was expecting Matt Riddle to not have a squash match, but I was expecting him to win kind of comfortably. And the storytelling in this match was phenomenal. I, I, I absolutely loved it. I it Obviously, we're going to do a couple of categories towards the end of the show about... Um, best matches of the weekend and stuff. I mean, this probably isn't in that bracket, but in terms of what I was expecting, I, this this was this was pretty brilliant, really. Um, for some for some, someone I've not seen, and the way you'd expect him to be built up, because I mean he is a machine. <laughs> but it, I I thought it was perfect. And Velveteen Dream, oh my, he just gets better every month. I I love him so much. But yeah, Matt Riddle, he, he's he's the next superstar. You can just tell him them them two actually are the next thing on NXT that are going to carry it after. I imagine the Gargano era done. Uh, and to do, uh, I mean, I, I'm like guy here. Look, I, I think I, I I really do think that Velveteen Dream has superstar just top echelon talent all over him. He he just. Just so much charisma, there's talent, there's everything. He is just, he is like the complete package that that is developing before our eyes. But what about Matt Riddle in this one as well? Because I think what we what we're witnessing as well is is a character development of him and these two together. I, I've I've got to say, I like Guy. I love the way that this match developed. Um, how did you see this one? Yeah, it was definitely one of the matches I was looking forward to this weekend. Um, as, as you mentioned with Dream, he's got the whole package. And to, it's quite scary to think he's only 23 years old. Um, and if he's producing this at this age, you can just imagine, you know, look at the likes of Triple H that are going into into their 40s and 50s. Um, he's still got another 25 years to go. So, um, yeah, he, he is a joy to watch. But I, I was really more interested to see how Matt Riddle got on um, on on the bigger stage so to speak uh i did follow his career in mma and obviously he i think he was about he was eight and three um in mma and obviously he had his problems in inverted commas with uh, marijuana and eventually got kicked out of the the ufc um then he transitions into wrestling and he had one of the best rookie years in terms of transitioning from you know, not being a wrestler to being a wrestler. Um, and you could see with the amount of titles that he accumulated over the year and then subsequently over the current years. And then it was interesting before he, um, when he left MMA, he actually went to WWE for a trial. Um, I don't know if many people know that, but he did have a trial at WWE and he was actually one of the guys that was, uh, the, the, the word goes that he blew through the trial and they, you know, he was in the ring asking them, is this all they've got? Whereas every other, you know, they have professional athletes coming in there and they were all sucking wind and he just blew through the trial. But then obviously, you know, as WWE does, if they Google you, they're going to see a picture of him with marijuana and stuff like that. Not necessarily something they wanted to be associated with. 
Um, and then anyway, WWE were clever in that they kept him close. They made sure he didn't end up going to a ring of honor in New Japan. Um, they kept him close with um, companies that were more tied to WWE. Eventually, he ends up back at WWE, and you can see that he's clearly a talent. Um, I did like the the contrast between him and Velveteen Dream, because Velveteen Dream is, you know, bigger than life, um, very glamorous, whereas Matt Riddle's quite, you know, that, I don't know how that bro gimmick will, will go over on the main roster, but maybe NXT gives him time to develop it. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I did like that. He can be so chilled outside of the ring, but once the bell goes, he can get pretty vicious, and that could become a cool contrast. Yeah, I like the way that they're um, developing that brawl thing into uh, aggression within, with just within a match. It's it, it's definitely adding a bit more layers to it rather than being just this one-dimensional character. So, yeah, plenty more to come from both of these guys, both huge stars for the future. Uh, what about Pete Dunne and Walter then? Because uh, to do right. I guess you'll have seen plenty of Walter before. Um, I I like this match. I thought it was really good, but I I kind of get the feeling that there's more to come from these two. Yeah, um, I, I pictured the match differently in my head. I thought it was going to be sort of like a squash match for Walter, um, where Pete finally meets his match and he, and he's not quite ready for it. But in terms of what they delivered, um, this is British strong t- style to a T. Um, I, I was at the TV tapings when they, uh, when when Pete Dunne called out Walter and actually wanted them to give him Walter and, and to 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 take this match on, and you could see from there that Walter was clearly someone that the crowd gravitated towards, and he he has an aura about him, um, and he showed it in this match the the physicality. I did think they went a bit too much to the to the finger thing. Um, I think he, uh, Pete Dunn tried to go to it about like four or five times, I think, or even more. And for, for me, that took me a little bit out of the match, but that, that was just nitpicking. I thought it was a really good, vicious match and advertised British strong style really, really well. And what about you, Guy? Because you'd not seen anything of Walter before. Were you, were you left impressed? Um, my chest felt pain um, watching him. It. Oh, God, that's a actually is a good point. I have never seen a guy that big throw a chop that fast. Oh, Jesus! And the thing is, I've, I've, since the match, I've seen um, other images of what Walt has done to people, obviously before WWE with his chest. And I'm just looking. I think Pete Dunne escaped quite well there <laughs> without his chest being caved in. It, it, oh, 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 I didn't. I this match. I'm not sure. I I thought it was good, but I thought there was something missing to make it special, if you get what I mean. I, I think I agree with what you said. There's, I thought there was something else they could bring. There was another level they could go to. And maybe that if they wanted to keep this feud going, that's what they're saving it for. But I thought, I thought it was good without being brilliant. And I think they kind of stuck to the strong style thing a bit too much for it to be a different class. But I think that I think it was a very good way of introducing Walter. Um, but if they do it again, unless Pete Dunne obviously moves to the main roster or comes over to NXT full time or whatever, um, I think they can mix it up a bit more because I think Pete. We've seen with Pete Dunne, he when he mixes up with other styles of wrestling, 
it, it can it can go into something special. Whereas this one, I think it kind of just stuck into the whole British strong style thing a bit too much for me. So I think there's definitely another level to go. I think it was very good, but I think it. I thought it could have been better. Yeah, and what what about the women's four way then? Because I know, like you said, you you've said before you're not not been the biggest fan of Shayna Baszler. What what did you make of this uh, four way for the women's championship? Um, again, it was good. It was good. I thought the ending was quite good with um, Bianca Belair. I almost forgot her name there. Doing her double finisher on the uh, Sky Pirates. That that was quite good. And then obviously the ending where um, Shane had kind of chokes her out. I, I thought that was all right. It may have went on a bit too long and stuff like that, but I thought it was good. I thought it kind of improved from the usual Bianca, uh, not Bianca, but like the, uh, the usual Shane in the match. I think in this, in this situation, you can kind of let them do um, the madness around her and then she can kind of do kind of like a Triple H cerebral assassin thing where she just comes in and does that. I thought it helped her quite a bit. Like I'm not. I'm not saying she's obviously bad or anything. Like I, I, do, I think the MMA style is just not something that clicks with me too much in the WWE ring. Um, as I said with the Matt Riddle thing, I think it clicked after they got away from that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I wouldn't say it was an all-time great women's match on NXT or anything like that. I thought it was just good fun before the main event, really. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm surprised Shayna um, kept the title myself, but they, they introduced a story between the Sky Pirates, obviously them two breaking each other's um, pins up and stuff like that. Um, and Bianca Belair, probably the biggest loser because she got battered. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they go from this because I think it, it, Shane has been one of the ones we everyone's earmarked to get called up sooner rather than later and... I think we speculated it might even go on to SummerSlam and that might be the case going off um, what happened on uh, Friday it was. Yeah, I, I've got to say, it was. I, I actually think that was the, you know, the surprise element of of Shayna Baszler keeping the title because I think so many of us kind of have expected her to, to maybe lose it here as be her transition over to the main roster. I think that added to the finish and, and to do a... I'd liked the the early pacing of this. I thought it was quicker than I expected. Lots of lo, lots of fun spots in there, but I loved the finish personally. That that kind of high drama because you, you just assumed that Shayna would probably lose and she could lose it in a four way without looking weak. Uh, but for her to have the the choke on and you thinking no, she must get out and. And she's going to get out. Is she going to get out? And she's frantically looking. Is she going to get out? Is she going to escape? And oh my god, no, she's keeping it. I, I liked, like I say, I liked the early pacing, and I and I liked the finish just because we probably weren't expecting her to keep the title in that way. Yeah, and if we fast forward to what happened on the main roster, it's probably a good thing we got something like this. Um, early on during NXT, just to just to keep our our emotions um, riled up. But for me, I I agree with you, Andy, in terms of liking the finish. I thought this match was more about the stories than necessarily anything else. And as guys mentioned, the story between Ayoshira and Kyrie Sane, where these are girls who effectively cost each other the championship there by by you know stopping the 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 pins from each other and knowing NXT that's something that they could develop really really well um I thought also the finish um as you said Andy I I really like the fact that 
as soon as Bianca got into that um, Kirifuda clutch, you could sense the panic because she knew what had happened last time. Last time, you know, she she passed out. Whereas this time, as soon as it came on, she was trying every single way, trying to grab the face, trying to block the mouth from breathing, um, then eventually trying to fight the hands, which, you know, you, you should have gone to first probably. But then it's too late. It's already sunk in. And that's what you know, after the panic and then realizing that after doing everything she possibly could, she couldn't get out of it. She then decides to tap. I thought that was a really good story. And I'm sure they're, they're going to develop that uh, later on and how, how she now tries to either defeat it or escape it, or she, she's good. She's definitely going to have to go back to the drawing board. So, so that was really good. I enjoyed the story of this match. Yeah, lots of storylines and stories to come out of it and stories to build upon. And that's, again, it's another hallmark of, of uh, NXT that they're so strong on. Um, what about the main event then to do with? Because I, I pretty much know what Guy's going to say. Uh, two out of three falls. Um, high expectations with Johnny Gargano. Obviously, an, an unbelievable, an unbelievable uh, body of work over the past 18 months at takeovers um, in there with Adam Cole. Uh, like I said, you know, we had high expectations and I feel like they delivered. Did, did you? Yeah, I definitely think they delivered. Um, my girlfriend's a huge Adam Cole fan. So she was obviously quite upset with the, the result of it, but I thought it, it was a nice crescendo to the story that is Johnny Gargano and, and the years that he spent in NXT. Obviously the original story with Champa. Um, maybe would have resonated a little bit better, but it's credit to NXT having or keeping so many guys strong that they can just slide an Adam Cole into this and it's seamless. I, I struggle to see on the main roster how they could do something similar where your main event is basically, you know, it, you have to go back to the drawing board and yet still have someone that's as strong, as compelling, and and then to pull off a match like this was really, really good. Um I thought the crowd really got into it and obviously it, it has to be slow at the beginning because of the length of a match like this and, and the type of match it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think the only thing for me is, I don't know how you guys feel with three, uh, three counts, the, these type of two out of three matches is you're almost just waiting for the first two falls to happen so we can really get into the match is how I felt. Yeah, I, I agree. That was probably the only literally the only criticism of this match was the the first two falls it kind of breaks the drama of the match in the situation like this i think um we obviously did the fantasy um wrestlemania card a couple of weeks ago um me andy and uh, alex and i wanted a two out of three falls card on the main one between andrade and ray and i think that would have worked much better with that for example because they've obviously had matches left, right, and center. And I think it obviously could have worked better with Tommaso because they've had this feud. But when it was Adam Cole, there's not really the story there of it, why it would be a two out of three fall. So I kind of wish they just changed it to a normal match or whatever. And But what <clears throat> they still delivered one of the best matches in NXT. Well, it's probably WWE history. I mean, I probably preferred um, the second Tommaso Gargano match and possibly Andrade one but this one it, this was just it was so it was just special and sharing that moment with Gargano who's obviously been built up for probably what, about two years now um it oh it, it was just fantastic 
fantastic. And your point today were about just slipping in Adam Cole. I mean, the main roster couldn't do that. It they, it, it just went all right. We got we kind of don't have the story anymore, but we're gonna have the he- we're gonna have the best match possible here, and we're gonna try and fix a story in. And they did it, and they did it perfectly. And yeah, no, it was. It was just phenomenal, and I can't I can't wait to see how Gar- how Gargano does with the title because it he it, it this story's just been brilliantly built. Yeah, and and thing as well is even though we all probably expected Gargano to walk away with the title, it still it still didn't take anything away from the, from the ending, and it still didn't take anything away from that finish, um, <clears throat> from that moment of him cradling the title. Uh, and just nice at the end as well for Champa to be there to uh, to welcome mm. him to as they go back through the screen. So it was it was a nice. I thought that was a nice moment in in way that they just you know basically took the nod to reality that everybody knew that um, yeah they are really the best of friends and it, and it was it was a, it was just a, a nice touch and a nice moment a nice way to finish off a, a fantastic event. So moving on to Saturday night then. The Hall of Fame, um, bit of a theme for the weekend, really, in terms of anything connected with the with the main roster, in, in that that it went on too long. Thankfully, not quite as long as last year, and and they did make a little nod to it, in that the, the hillbilly Jim speech is probably still going on somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thankfully, not four and a half hours of Hall of Fame this year, still three hours. Um, did either of you catch it? No, I caught glimpses of it. Really, we've done, our, we've done our prep for this, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I sat through it all. Look, it was um, the, the different set was slightly strange. I, what I didn't like was the the fake banter between Renee Young and um, Corey Graves. Uh, that didn't that really took me out the moment. But anyway, um, nice to see some of the uh, some people recognised. Um, obviously, good to see really good to see Hallam Heat get recognised. Um, as a as a longtime fan of the Heart Foundation, love seeing them get recognised, and great seeing some of the uh, the people likes of um, <laughs> likes of the revival and whatnot. You know, real tag team wrestlers. You know, giving the nod to uh, to these tag teams that you know, made a difference. Um, but a couple of massive talking points. Obviously, first one being the idiot. Uh, this amateur MMA fighter who um, stormed the ring and took down Bret Hart uh, for a split second before multiple others (laughs) got their hands on him. Uh, I've got to say props to Travis Brock. Jesus, how quick he was. Shane McMahon, how quick he was on the scene as well. I'm not a fan of Shane McMahon, but props to him for how quickly he got there. Um, You've got uh, David Hart Smith Jr., Davey Boy's son, who got himself in there and managed to get in a fair amount of good shots on this uh, idiot. And... Just to crown it all off as well, Dash Wilder, over he goes with his Heart Foundation jacket on. Oof, uppercut, bump, knocks him out cold. Um, what about that one? Because the serious side to this one, though, is what if he'd had a weapon of something? This this could have really been a scary moment. Yeah, it really could have. Um, it, 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 almost lucky that he didn't, because it, it just, it's just surprising how easy it was to get get to him I suppose and obviously as you mentioned the set kind of changed so it was in the middle of the ring and stuff like that so um, it's just a surprise how 
lackadaisical you'd probably say is the, is the security or how minimal it is and the fact that as you mentioned like three or four wrestlers got there before the security it, it just kind of makes you think where the hell was security surely you'd probably have like one on each corner of the ring or something like that it's just uh it's just a bit strange but yeah fortunately he didn't have anything and well he's obviously i think he's a he, i imagine he's going to jail um but he got he got punished as well there as you mentioned and um i, I saw i think i saw an article where it, it, they found his twitter and it, it, there was obviously something massively wrong with him so this as uh, this could have been so much worse i mean if it, if you've not seen that try and find it. It, it goes through his twitter and stuff he just tweets vince he tweets the shield it is it, it it's quite it's just very strange it could have been much worse um so hope, hopefully they um beef up security next time on the hall of fame because it, it, what what's bret hart gonna do i mean he's re, i think he recently had a stroke didn't he uh within the, uh, well it was years ago yeah years he'd suffered okay. yeah he'd recently um a battle with cancer yeah. yeah he's had a stroke obviously multiple issues with his knees uh not being in the greatest of health and the guy's in his 60s now you know in his heyday he was as tough as nails, you know, mm-hmm. he, he would have, uh, I'm sure he would have dealt with it himself, but yeah. Um, yeah, pretty cowardly. Yeah. To do or anything to add on, on this one. Yeah. Just, just, uh, just to echo what you guys have said in terms of it, it is a cowardly act. And, you know, if, if he does have mental issues, hopefully he gets, you know, they get him the help that he needs. But I think, you know, the, the wrestlers were probably put in a, a catch 22 situation that in that, um, for them as wrestlers, if someone jumps the ring, they they did what wrestlers are meant to do in terms of making sure that they show that, you know, make make an example out of this guy in terms of discouraging anyone else from trying to jump into the ring ever again. It, it, that's sort of the locker room talk of make sure that, that you know, that we stop it happening in, in, in the future. And you could see with the amount of wrestlers that that came into the ring. Um, I think also of all the, I don't know how many 10,000 odd people that were in that room, Travis Brown is probably the last person you want throwing, you know, throwing hands at you from, from full guard. So yeah, that guy definitely got, got, got what he deserved. Can you say? Um, I think also obviously from the legal side, maybe Dash might be, of of any of the wrestlers that jumped in, I think maybe Wilder, yeah, he he might be the only one that might get possibly prosecuted because his his shot was a bit, you know, it it was quite a while after the situation had been quelled, um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if something happened there. But in terms of everyone else, I, th- I think it, it they could let it go in terms of justifying that, as you said, Andy, he could have been someone with a weapon or something worse and and they stopped the the situation escalating pretty quickly so um yeah it, it was just an unfortunate event that happened at, at, at an event that should be celebrating the wwe not not having controversy so i'm just glad uh, brett's okay and he's put out a statement saying as such so so that's good news yeah, that's that's a, out of it all. It, it's it's good that Brett was okay. Yeah, and he carried on with his speech, a little shaken, but um, uh, as he made reference, you know, <laughs> that's when you were a heel. That's how it used to be. <laughs> so, um, just one little one little thing then on the Hall of Fame. The the obviously DX were the were the 
you know, the, the main inductees felt to me, as much as I was a DX fan back in the day, it felt a little bit self-indulgent. Um, I thought a bit over the top and dragged a little bit, but once it got going, some fun moments in there, that I guess you guys will see the highlights of them. Yeah, obviously with throwing the glow sticks and stuff like that, it, it seemed quite fun. Um, but probably the most important thing is um, the appreciation of China, because I mean that's probably the biggest reason to put DX in is to put China in without obviously. I think Triple H or Stephanie worded it in an interview years ago, like without kids googling who China was and stuff like that, and it leads down a dark path and stuff like. That. I think it's a the easiest way to get China in the Hall of Fame, I suppose. That's probably the best thing that comes from putting DX in the Hall of Fame. And to do with, did you catch any of the DX um, speech? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, j- just before that, I'm surprised Guy didn't mention um, Tory Wilson's oh, joke yes. of the puberty line. Um, I thought that was pretty hilarious. And Was that for Guy? Yeah, I, th- I thought that was specifically for Guy. I think she even pointed and winked at the screen at him. Um <laughs> But uh, and Xavier Woods and Biggie even gave her a standing ovation, and the crowd was chanting "Thank you, Tori." Um, yeah, I thought that was a pretty, pretty funny moment. Um, in ter- in terms of DX, look, DX are gonna DX. Um, I thought some of the jokes were were funny, some of them not so much. A little bit hit and miss, and then obviously um, Triple H took a shot at AEW. Um, so there, there, there are those little things that do happen at the Hall of Fame. But yeah, for me, I suppose the Hall of Fame, it's more about just hoping someone doesn't say something stupid more so than anything else. And, and I'm glad no one said anything stupid. So, so that's good. Yeah, I felt like the AEW references were, were just I don't know, good fun, and you know, good humored because obviously Billy Gunn's uh, part of that, isn't he? So... Yeah, there was if there was even I think it was Shawn Michaels or something. He's all in, <laughs> something like <laughs> yeah. that. So, yeah, I, I, I think just one more. I do think it it did mean a lot to to X Pac. It it seemed like to him it really hit home to to get into the Hall of Fame and then obviously for for China to be in it as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, was it there, there was a the good shout that came out of it was you know making that battle the women's battle royal uh, the the China Memorial Battle Royal, but. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, speaking of which, <clears throat> moving on to WrestleMania, did uh, I, I guess you guys watched the the Battle Royals? The, uh, the both the creative have got nothing for you at this moment in time. Battle Royal, unfortunately. <laughs> um, which one was worst? Oh, the Saturday Night Live stuff was horrendous. So that one, that was that was very bad. Um, yeah, the, obviously we don't want to spend much time on this, but Carmella no. winning is better than Sarah Logan winning, I suppose. But really, meh. Um, <laughs> the men's one. What? I mean, it was a lovely idea to begin with the the um, Andrew the Giant Memorial stuff, but Jesus, that that went downhill very quickly. Um, Cesaro won it, fair enough. I think Big Troll won it after that, fair enough. Makes sense. Since then, oh my god, what what is th- what is this mess? Like, and yeah, Braun Strowman winning probably the most obvious one. I thought it might have been something different, but yeah, fair enough. It was crap. Braun Strowman's down downward spiral since Brock destroyed his career. 
Jesus. He, he needs career surgery big time. He's getting the Bray Wyatt stages now because every time he's on TV now, I think I'm fast-forwarding through it. He, he really needs mm-hmm. something to fix his career because yeah. that was awful. I'd say well, not so much Brock destroying his career as as the uh, the creative uh, decisions, but um, yeah, I, I kind of feel to do with that. Um, Braun Strowman has almost ascended into the Big Show role of the special attraction for the WWE. Come and look at this guy; isn't he huge? Isn't he impressively strong? Yeah, I have to agree. And I, I thought I, I initially thought even the Andre um, the role, but I suppose Andre Big Show role. It does seem like they've played him down way too much. I think he, they need to rebuild him somehow. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know how this, they do it, but I'm, I'm sure they can. Maybe just even doing everything again and pretending, because they're always good at pretending that things didn't happen in the past. So just literally run the same thing again, but make sure he wins the title next time. That might help. Um, I thought. In terms of the battle roles, I thought the the women's one was better for me. Um, did did you guys not think Ember Moon should have gotten an entrance at least? Because I, I I was shocked that she she was back. Yes. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? I I didn't notice until I was like, oh, she's actually back. Um, I thought she could have got an entrance or something like that. But yeah. um, I, I thought to be honest, for doing that, save it till the the following night. Put on Raw or SmackDown afterwards as a as a surprise return, it would have <laughs> more use than just wasting absolutely. it in a pre-show battle royal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, um, so we'll we quickly rattle through the card then. On, also on the pre-show, Tony Nice defeated Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, decent match, bit of a surprise. Um, anything special to note from either of you? Just I think to, just... Sorry, today, where you go. Oh, sorry, thanks. Um, I think just that... Uh, if you if you had watched um, 205 Live, this is the crescendo for Tony Nisa's story. So I thought they built it well over the year. So well done them, to them for keeping the thread going and then actually putting the title on him. Uh, it was a good advert for 205 Live. I thought they, they did a, a really good match. And Guy? Nothing to add, really. Uh, today was obviously watched uh, what, more episodes of 205, 205 Live than I have, so fair enough to do for knowing the story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a fine match. Um, kind of lost in the shuffle, as it always is. But yeah, good match. Surprising result for me. Uh, I think I liked Alex's shout of possibly Buddy Murphy getting a main roster. Well, if you call it a call-up, but moving to actual main roster um, after losing the title would be interesting. Yeah, that is a good shout. And what about Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder defeating the Revival? Obviously, this was just hastily thrown on the card. Guy, I, I think we all feared the worst when we seen this just added to the pre-show card and, and mm. knowing that the storyline has been Kurt Hawkins losing however many matches they've decided to invent in a row. Yeah, awful. Awful, yeah. awful, awful. A good match, though. That's the thing. A good match with with just like an awful story story direction. Well, that's what happens when you put the be- probably the best tag team in the company <laughs> or performing tag team in the company in a match. Give them a decent amount of time and they can work with anyone. Um, yeah, match was fine. Result just just embarrassed. I mean, 
you just can't. Obviously, the Revive have been asking for the release and stuff like that, so fair enough with that. But if they, you just you just got to hope they're going to SmackDown for a big rebuild if they are to stay in WWE. If not, hopefully they go to AEW um, and just do what they can do. But if they go to SmackDown, um, they they could work properly with an, a numerous amount of tag teams, I suppose. So if, hopefully next week we'll get more answers on the payoff of that, I suppose. But I don't. The revival just. Oh, just such a weird year. Obviously, got battered by DX at SmackDown, one million or whatever it was. Um, and yeah, I do just just a waste. Just continues to be a waste and disappointing. So hopefully, they go to SmackDown and have some classics with the Usos or something. Yeah, and today, were anything to add on what guys said? Uh, not much. Just that revivals criminally misused, and I hope they they end up on a roster that has a competitive smack um competitive tag division. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my feelings, yeah, a good match, terrible storyline. Um, opening of the main roster, uh, the, the main show. Then, um, I really like this because there'd been rumors of what the the uh, match, you know, the order of the card was going to be. And we had a little thing from a little a little um, preview kind of thing from um, from Paul Heyman that they were going to spring a surprise. I loved this, and and it really for me played into the whole Brock Lesnar character that if he's not on last, he's going to be there first, so he can get the hell out of there. Uh, and to do what I I thought this was perfect in terms of the opening match, Universal Title really sets the tone for the night. Yeah, I thought it set the tone really well. And Brock Lesnar played to the gimmick. He left it pretty much halfway through Mania. So um, he wasn't even there for Raw and stuff like that. Um, I thought it, it was very clever to to put him first. Because, as you said, why would Brock Lesnar wait? If, if he's not the main attraction, let me get my money. I don't get paid by the hour, as they like to say on commentary. Um I thought Heyman did really well to sell it as well. He no-sold Hulk Hogan at the entrance. He just beelined it for the ring. Like, you know, we're here to make to do business. Let's get this match over and done with, get our paycheck and leave. Um, so I, I thought they did that well. And then if you're going to have Brock Lesnar matches, you want them to be like this. Short matches, very aggressive. Um, the babyface gets a come out. And then whether or not Brock is winning or losing, you take it from there. But I thought it was the perfect way to book Brock Lesnar, especially if he's not going to be the main event. Yeah. And Guy, I mean, I didn't even mention the Hulk Hogan bit. I mean, because obviously we had singing, we had (laughs) 20 minutes of helicopters randomly flying around. We had all that shenanigans and whatnot anyway. So eventually we get the first match and boom. um, I I, I... Completely agree with what today was said there. I thought it was just for the situation, for the people involved, perfect. Oh, it was a great occasion at the MetLife Center, brother. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was a great opener, um, obviously after all the nonsense. But yeah, perfect, perfectly how you use Brock Lesnar. I mean, this, this is what we've been wanting. We don't want him in 20-minute matches um, where he, he's pretty much just doing free moves. Then there's a little bit of a fight back, but that's how you use him. And obviously him attacking Seth before the bell. Perfect. Just absolutely perfect. And such a surprise. Such a bloody surprise. I was not... I mean, we'll come on to the three baby faces wins, but I, I, this was the one everyone was doubting. Everyone was thinking this Brock would be the one to win. Um, 
yeah, oh, just I, I can't wait. I can't wait for Seth Rollins. I mean, the only bad thing is, well, it might not be bad. We might get it through. I, I miss heel heel Rollins as the champ. I want that back. That that was peak WWE. That that was brilliant. I need I need heel Seth Rollins as a champ back. Oh, I'm I'm sure we'll get that at some stage. And JJ uh, we... security. Sorry, <laughs> probably not the the best thing to go on at the moment, given what happened at the Hall of Fame. Um, guy, we we'd said, look, we we liked the the build towards Randy Orton and AJ Styles. We liked the way they built it. We we felt that they could have a really good match. Um, I I thought this was good. It was solid, enjoyable, but I think if it was on a different um, pay-per-view, it probably would have got a bit longer and would have been a better match, but um, how, how did you feel about Styles and Norton? Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I thought the only issue with it, it was a bit slow-paced compared to what I'd expect. Um, I thought it'd be a bit faster, considering that I, I think most people thought this would probably be the opener, which might have helped it, I suppose, in, in terms of pacing and stuff like that. But that's the only thing. I thought it was a very good match. Possibly could have gone up a, a couple... Um, speed dials up, turned it up to eleven or whatever cliche you want me to say, but yeah, yeah, very good, very build, quick build. Um, as we mentioned in the preview, um, and I think it just delivered, and I I really wouldn't mind seeing more of this. Really, um, you could you could go back and forth. I think there was a rumor AJ actually got injured in the match as well, or came into the match with an injury, which may have explained the speed issue, but. Yeah, very good. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of it, if I'm honest. Yeah. And and to do what I, something I did like in this as well was they, they, they gave little nods to uh, what each other had been doing to, uh, to, to one another beforehand in terms of like the, uh, the RKOs and whatnot. So I, I, there was storytelling in this match as well. I, I thought, I just thought this was um, well polished. Yeah. And, and it's by two guys who, who are, technically two of the best or they're up there as some of the best technical wrestlers in the business so you knew it was going to be a pretty crisp uh match and and as you mentioned i, I did like the fact especially with the rko because it sort of felt like aj was saying dude you only have one move and if i scout the rko if you're not able to to land it on me i'm gonna win and then you know it, it but yeah i thought they did that really well and unfortunately for randy orton there was a problem with the lighting at the at the stadium uh, or center or whatever it's called, um, where the lighting was blinding uh, parts of the crowd. So they were sort of chanting about that to to you know to to ask them to turn the lights off. And, and Randy sort of thought they were chanting for him, and he he sort of slowed down to take that applause. And and you could see the fans were not specifically talking about him, but luckily that light was sorted. So maybe that also damaged the match a little bit in terms of. There was a lot of stuff happening outside of the ring, um, so not all the attention was in the ring specifically. So maybe, yeah, maybe that played into it. And as Guy said, maybe the injury also played into it. And the SmackDown Tag Team Title match then, uh, only ten minutes, but fun. And another match that I enjoyed, and probably about three minutes of that ten minutes were taken up by the Cesaro's wing. That was insane. Isn't that how you want every match to go, though? <laughs> that he was, should, he should that, that was that a good time. spot, though. Oh, that was such a good spot, yeah. wasn't it? You know, to do the uh, the the beats of the bow or whatever the hell it's called on, on just about everybody else while Cesaro's still spinning. 
that that was um, that really was a fun moment. I don't know how Ricochet could do stuff after that, but that just speaks how good an athlete he is. Because if someone spun, if I was spinning for what seemed about eight minutes, I don't think I'd be able to walk for about another year. <laughs> oh, I, I this match was. I think it was just what everyone expected. It was just fast, good fun, and probably the result most people expected with the Usos winning. And that's what we want to see from the bar. The bar have kind of turned into little bitch boys recently, and I, I, I that's what I want to see. Cesaro doing mad shit and just shameless battering people. That's how you use the bar properly. Uh, but unfortunately, we got back on TV and they turned back into bitch boys. <laughs> Tadima, did you expect uh, Usos to, to go over in this one then? Yeah, I, I thought they would retain purely because I, I didn't see um, Ricochet and Alistair Black winning, and they were the only real threat for me. Um, I thought I, I definitely want to see a Cesaro versus Ricochet one-on-one match where they just go full blast because I think that could be a really cool contrast. Um, yeah, as Guy said, when, when Ricochet was the one in the swing, I, I was literally screaming, anyone but him, because I knew he's the he's the main high flyer. If you're going to do it on any, do it on like, you know, um, Nakamura or something. Don't, don't do it on Ricochet. The guy still needs to get to the top rope. But um, other than that, yeah, I thought it was a good, fun match, quick match. Um, and yeah, I expected the Usos to retain, get their WrestleMania moment once again. Uh, so it's sort of like a nod and credit to them for the work they've done over the years. And Tadeo, what did you make of Shane McMahon and The Miz? Um, obviously, other than the insane stunt they did to finish it. Yeah, it, it was an okay match for me. Um, with these type of matches, it, it's more about you know smoke and mirrors. And I thought they did the smoke and mirrors pretty well. Um, <laughs> Miz's dad is hilarious. Um, when, when he was knocked out um, on the floor and he's trying to tell the referee that I'm fine, but still trying to keep that I'm dead um, pose going and, and trying not to move his mouth. I, I thought that was pretty hilarious. But in terms of the match, I thought it was really good. Great storytelling in that Miz has been trying to impress his, his father this whole time. And every time he's tried to impress him, it's resulted in him doing either high, um, a move off the top rope or some sort of dangerous, crazy move. And it always results in him losing. So I wonder if they're going to play on that a bit more or if, if that just happened by, by chance. But either way, I thought that was really clever. And Guy, do we see Mrs. Dad turn heel? Oh, God. <laughs> Ms. versus Mr. Ms. Uh, it's want, a terrible act. I want that to happen now. <laughs> uh, but on this match, I've got to stop doubting Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Like, I'll bitch and moan about it beforehand and... He just seems to put on matches that are actually just entertaining, and, and obviously I don't I didn't like on paper Shane McMahon versus Miz. It shouldn't be and it shouldn't be anywhere near a WrestleMania card, but I think they delivered it pretty perfectly to be honest. And Shane, albeit a part timer and and all that argument, he, he he does have he does seemingly have a spot at WrestleMania, and I, I really like this match. And yeah, Mister Miz is. He's just a hero. He, he he's just unintentional. A hero. Yeah, he he's now a, he's now a meme. How, how yeah. else one do you want to go? But yeah, yeah. good storytelling in it as well. Good fun, good fun. Not really, not really a classic, but it's very good fun. And the the end spot was uh, brilliant. I thought. 
yeah, un- unintentionally entertaining uh, Miss Senior. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty meh, other than some of the smoke and mirror stuff was was well put together, and obviously the ending was just insane. Um, but um, yeah, and I, I, kind of clever how they did it, and I guess the thing with this is it means it's going to continue. But hey, or um, guy, what of the the women's tag team four way then? Um, we didn't we didn't uh, see the result coming, I suppose, did we? Really, best thing they did was not have the big lasses in it at all. <laughs> they did nothing in this match, and it turned out to be okay. Um, which is yeah, o- other than it. almost injure somebody. Well, yeah, you got you got to have that in a big lasses match. Um, that wouldn't be a big lasses match without that. Um, but yeah, I mean the the result very surprising. Um, we. I like the Iconics, but they are a comedy duo, and that's not a good sign for the tag team's women division. But the, the well, Iconics... Hey, hey if, it's, if it's good enough for the men's tag team division, it's true, good enough for the true. women's tag team division. True, but this is, this is a, like a couple-month-old division. <laughs> this, this is. Um, but yeah, I like the Iconics. I thought it was a nice little shock moment, and it'll be interesting to see, I imagine they're going to do the boss and pug connection versus the iconics again. So hopefully they have more focused feuds now rather than just having a big melee weirdness. So hopefully iconic can be, can be entertaining. That that's the best thing. Anything but the big lasses will do. That'll do me. And the yeah. them, them two are just hella funny. So I'm quite looking forward to SmackDown tonight and see what they're I imagine they're gonna be on there for a little celebration, which should be fun. Yeah, uh, to do how long? How long do you expect the uh, the comedy run to last? I actually hope it lasts a bit longer than Bailey and and Sasha's, just to establish them as a dominant team. Because um, I, I I assumed incorrectly that Bailey and Sasha were going to keep the titles just to establish the division a bit longer. But I think the second best thing to do is to bring another team to their level, and if um you know. If the Iconics can keep the belt for a really long time, then it will bring them up to a, a higher level. Um, I thought their their outfits were pretty cool. Um, I like the Iconics. Uh, like I, I think they always make sense, especially in their promos. They always make an effort to make logical sense about what they're speaking about, and I I, I think they could be really good heel champions. Um, you know, with a credible babyface chasing them but also at the back of my mind i look at that july takeover that's standing alone and i'm wondering if you want the sky pirates to maybe have a run with the belts so maybe giving it to them at, at that takeover so yeah i'm I'm tossed between the two but I'm, I'm i'm happy for the iconics having it and i think it will establish them pretty nicely uh, and to stay with you to do because next up halfway through the card we had what really was the main event or what it, to my mind, when I, I look back at the, the entire night, this really turned out to be the main event and the best night, uh, the best match of the night. Uh, and, I, and I'm guessing for you was the absolute moment of the night. And that's Kofi Kingston defeating Daniel Bryan for, for the WWE Championship. I, I've got to say, I really didn't think they were going to do this. I thought they were going to really go on because Kofi was so hot with the fans. I really believe that they were going to keep the belt on Brian and it was ju- just to add more and more heat to Daniel Bryan as a heel. It, it would have really added so much heat. And and I 
did appreciate the fact of because Kofi had so much backing from the fans, you could you could probably have drawn a little bit out out more from the fans in terms of heat and maybe have him um I don't know try and challenge or win the money in the bank or something like that. It I, I could definitely appreciate that and see that. But for me, I, I I felt it was bigger than Kofi himself, the 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 moment. And you could see if you listen to the interviews that the New Day and stuff have had, um, you know, the whole it's big it's this um the whole us um people like us never make it um type of things. Um it that opened up so much in terms of not just race, um, obviously that that's a big factor being African American wrestlers and n- never having a, a truly african-american champion I, I know the rock um has been champ but in terms of um uh, an african-american wwe champion there's been a world heavyweight champion but not a wwe champion and just seeing the reaction of past african-american wrestlers um how they react to kofi winning the championship you could see this was bigger than kofi and my fear was if Kofi doesn't do it now, when is it ever going to happen? Because there were so many other people that probably, in inverted commas, you know, deserved it more than Kofi over the years. But this was the right moment. And I just have to give credit to WWE for just the, the, the last two months in terms of Ali had the injury. Um, they put Kofi in there. They read the room really well in terms of, okay, the room is backing Kofi. Okay, let's let's try and goat them a little bit. Let's see if this really is a push or it's just a you know just a fad. And the crowd went along for the ride. Um, and then to actually pull the trigger for WWE to 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 put the belt on him, he's not someone that should be champion. I I, I don't think. Um, I think that's a fair statement to say. And and I think I agree with the likes of Daniel Bryan in terms of Kofi is a B you know, a B plus player. He he's not meant to be in this position. But I think that's the point of the story that, you know, no matter your background, no matter your struggles in life, if you just put the effort in, um you can still make it. So it it, it was a feel good factor for more reasons than just it being Kofi Kingston winning a belt uh, on a Sunday night. So yeah, it, it was a special moment. Um yeah, credit just credit to WWE for actually pulling the trigger. And Guy, your thoughts on, on on probably surprise of the night and and what I I felt was was uh, comfortably match of the night. Yeah, definitely agree. Match of the night. Um, we we kind of didn't get into the whole Kofi Kingston thing. I think it's fair to say, Andy. I mean, we were, we were kind of wanted Kevin Owens in there, uh, for example. And I've never really been Kofi's biggest fan anyway. But in this match, I, I kind of just grew into it. I was really, really wanting him to win. And I thought it was a great moment. I thought I, I loved it. And regardless of what happens now, Kofi Kingston is now one of the biggest biggest moments in WWE history for, for race significance and all, and all that stuff. Um, And the match itself, it was just brilliant. And it'll be interesting to see where they go from here because if he... If they can keep up this um, Kofi mania, obviously uh, we'll move on from mania, but if you keep on the Kofi hype train beyond, I think you got to get beyond Daniel Bryan, and then then that's where the real tough job goes because 
Daniel Bryan is one of the best characters in the company, and then you kind of got to get in the safety feuds with KO, with I don't know, to speculate on a big E turn or something like that. If you can, if he can capture the magic beyond Daniel Bryan, I think you've got a new main eventer there. And yeah, I mean, even just on Raw, it it just kind of it's still you just kind of look at. I'm just looking for him different, different spectacles now. I'm I'm just I'm I'm liking this Kofi stuff now, and it'll be. I'm really interested to see how the how they build on this, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully I, they don't bin it straight away. No, I, I think I think it's gone gone further and got bigger than they ever imagined and and certainly it's really gathered it's just it, it's got it does feel special it's just become more than what you first imagined uh I personally I, I would love to see Big E now win the money in the bank <laughs> and and we see that turn and it just be the launching pad for Big E because I do think he's <clears throat> he's just got so much potential he really has and I think his run with the New Day has really helped bring out that charisma and that character and really sort of added more and more layers to him. I, I think he, he, he could be an absolute massive, massive superstar. Um, next Do up. We, uh, just a quick Sorry, one. Then. I think we also have to give credit to Daniel Bryan because how many champions have have you know willingly agreed to lose so many times in a title run? Um mm him asking for Ali to be you know you know brought up and to be put in a match with him and then being okay to relinquish the title to Kofi um we've seen champions in the past that use their power within at the back to hold on to titles longer than maybe they should and also because Daniel Bryan is such a big influence now in the company i think it could have been really easy for him to say he's not willing to do that and and just carried on so credit to him as well yeah, that a great point to make as well. Yeah, props to Daniel Bryan. Not only that for every for that, but also in the match itself, those two just a phenomenal and yeah, just I th- I think he played up to it at the Hall of Fame as well. He just Daniel Bryan's heel run has become one of my favourite things. I, I think he's he's just uh, again just. And as somebody else who's just added more and more layers to their character in recent years. Uh, a guy, what about Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio? Because I know what you wanted to see from this. Uh, we didn't get that. Um, the, there was the strong rumours of an injury to to Rey Mysterio, which, when you review the match, totally makes sense in, in how they constructed it and, and delivered it so very, very quickly. Yeah, I think they made the best of a bad situation. Um, I didn't get what I wanted. There's still time. <laughs> it'll happen. It's coming. I'm sure it'll happen. It'll There's happen. still time for that. Yeah. Uh, and today were again. You know, it was it was very very short. But considering the circumstances, I think it was it was ideally constructed and and really adds again to that wholesome Ojo character. Yeah, I, I think so, and especially it. It ends up working out because Joe is such a aggressive character that something like this could happen. Um, I wanted to ask Guy. I don't know if you noticed. Was Mysterio wearing the Spider-Man Mysterio villain gear? I, I thought oh, that God. was, and because um, I, I I I thought he was, and I I wondered why he hadn't done that in the past before. You know, um, I thought that was a pretty interesting little trope that that yeah he he wore the the cosplay. Um, a, a, um, apparel. Um, yeah, in terms of the injury, it, 
if he's as injured as is reported or um, rumored, that it's the right call to just quickly get this match out of the way. And then also, especially after having gone through Kofi and Daniel Bryan and the emotion that went through the crowd and the energy that was expelled from the crowd there, you needed something that would just quick, slow everything down and then pick it up again. So I thought that was a nice thing to add in terms of pacing. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Um, I'll come to you first today because myself and Guy had kind of had high hopes for this. We, we thought this could be a real, really good match, could maybe, you know, steal the spotlight somewhat. Um, and, and for me, 10 minutes wasn't enough, and it just, it, it didn't really do much at all. It was, it was almost like, I don't know, that it, it, was, it was a disappointment to me. Yeah, I think probably the, the biggest problem for this match was I don't think anyone believed that Drew McIntyre had a chance of winning this match. And that probably played into how we all perceived the match. Um, there was really no heat in the match. Although the the biggest thing that came out of the match was probably the fact that Roman Reigns is probably still the pyro king. Um, other than that, I, I really don't have much to say on this match. I I, I thought it was a foregone conclusion, and yeah, it, it just played out. Yeah, and guy, it was. It was flat. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, after what was probably one of the best built matches on the card, it was so disappointing. I mean, Drew got beat, if I remember correctly, by one spear. I mean, he didn't really get... He got a bit of offense in, didn't see a claymore, I don't think. Um, This is a bloke who beat everyone in the shield battered the crap out of Roman Reigns a few weeks ago with multiple claymores and he gets beat like it's a main event of Raw. Not even a main event, like the opening match of a Raw. It's like, why? What? I know it's to get Roman back in the spotlight and stuff like that, but what? I, oh, I just didn't like it. I, I didn't I didn't like it. See, I think this one will be quickly forgotten. Hopefully the, they can build up both of them into something different, but I mean... I got Seth winning the title. I'm wanting Drew v Seth, but that's not going to mm. help that in any way, shape, or form. That that made Drew look like an ordinary guy, and he shouldn't be. 
he was the best heel in the company with Samoa Joe before all that legion of yeah. shite feud thing with the Shield. Um, but yeah, it, it it was just very meh, disappointing, very disappointing. Yeah, maybe, maybe cut short to ten minutes because they you know they needed that extra thirty five minutes for um, for Triple H's entrance. Um, a worth guy it. probably worth noting. Yeah, Triple H's entrance took long was was longer than both the Intercontinental and US title matches added together. Um, I, personally, I didn't. I just didn't see the point of of that race cartoon race thing going on forever and ever for him to come out on a little quad or whatever or some little funny car, whatever the hell that was. Um, it, I, it didn't really do anything for me. I've got to say the the entrance and um, the Batista entrance as well was a bit. Um, I don't know, a bit odd, apart from him and him tripping in the ring. Uh, <laughs> and it was for me that that was that was it. That was the match. The uh, it, it was it plodded along for a long, long time. You know, a fifty-year-old and a forty-nine-year-old. We we know Triple H can still go. I, I didn't have a great deal of interest going into this match, guys, as you, as you well know. And and it was very. They did nothing to really spike my interest during it, and I was just. In all honesty, I was just happy when it was done. Ah, uh, you're boring, Andy. You're boring. I loved it. It was a good crack. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought, considering Batista's not been in the ring, I think they said it was four years ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm fairly sure it was four years ago. Um, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I think it obviously went on a bit too long, and that was obviously the worry for everyone. Um, even the biggest fans, I think, would say it went on too long, and yeah, it did. But I, I thought they made it. I thought they made it work really well. Um, I didn't see the Ric Flair thing coming at the end, which was kind of a a, a nice tear, a nice addition, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, that it started off with the obviously the nose ring spots and the finger spots. I, I quite like that, but. Yeah, other than Batista, I think some people were suspected he might have been drunk on the entrance. But I, I thought, I thought it did, I thought it did its job quite, quite nicely. A bit, a bit too long though. Yeah, to do where am I the only one who who did not enjoy this match at all? I, I think maybe for me, I, I just saw it as, as it was. Um, it's a Triple H match at WrestleMania. It's gonna go way longer than it should. Um, that's just the nature of the game. Um, oh God! I just realized what I what I did there. Um, oh dear! <laughs> um, you fit on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, also just a nod to Guy in terms of Batista did do the guns with the pyro, so yes. so that was cool. Worth it. Um, worth it for that. And I thought Batista looked good for for someone that hadn't been in the ring. You know, the fitness that he's asked to do when acting is totally different to the fitness he need in the ring. So I thought he, he held his ho- his own in there. Um, and then, oh, that, that nose ring pliers, um, that, that was just, that looked nasty. So, um, yeah, credit to them for playing that one out. Um, I, I thought Shawn Michaels took away from it on commentary, though. Yeah, I, awful. I didn't, I didn't like him on commentary. Um, no. Yeah, and then the, the Ric Flair thing was a nice, uh, you know, arch to the story so yeah it, it was okay for me yeah just that thing on with Shawn Michaels on commentary just it was kind of a theme for the night I found there was guest commentators here there and everywhere 
And I've got to say, I hated every single one of them, at least they were consistent for me. It kind of makes you appreciate the NXT commentary booth quite a bit when you listen to WrestleMania, because Oh, yeah, they, without, they without are Mauro, so, without, so much better. Yeah, without Mauro, the NXT won't be the same. And even, even the first-choice ones of Cole, Rene, and... Um, oh, my God, I forgot his name, Corey. Um, it, it's it's just... It, it does, does levels to it. The, uh, I think we were talking about on WhatsApp. Corey Grade is not what he used to be. Um, and the commentary teams, they're just robotic and boring now. Yeah, hate them. Um, much like I hated Baron Corbin, Kurt Angle. Uh, nothing much to say about this, really. It was, I guess, it's what we expected. Um, although, even though the the tradition is you go out, you know, to retire, you go out on your back. Um, a bit odd to do it to Baron Corbin, but hey ho. I, I don't think you had much you wanted to <laughs> to speak about. Baron Corbin was the guy. Um, you said we're going to have 30 seconds for each match before we planned and added to yeah, the Yeah, okay, we've kind of gone I, over that. I wanted to give um, 10 seconds at most. No, five seconds at most. So here we yeah. go. It was shit. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to do what? guy said. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, it was. It, uh, uh, Kurt Angle gets to say goodbye at WrestleMania. Um, but hey, hey whatever. Uh, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley. Um, the, the demon Finn Balor, um, it was nice to see the demon get an entrance at WrestleMania. Other than that, it was, um, thankfully, it was quick that they were in, in my eyes. Anything, if it's Bobby Lashley, I like it to be done quick and get out of there. And also, especially if it's Bobby Lashley and the demon, there's no need for the demon to be in these 20-minute matches. I think the character speaks for himself. It needs to be fast-paced, quick, in and out, um, get the win. Uh, yeah. It's, it seems like Bella's still doing that tongue thing, that that's now sticking, um, which no. really irritated me. Uh, they're, they're taking something that's so cool and they're, they're making it so hokey. And I really hope Bella, it, it's one of those times where you hope that the talent has the balls to, to speak up and say, you know, guys, you're taking my character the wrong way here. Um, there's no need for, for the demon to be constantly sticking his tongue out after every move um or it's every not the promo. undertaker exactly it's it, it's just it's not it's not working but i thought the that demon powerbomb looked pretty impressive and then um yeah quick in and out match match i i enjoyed the the speed that the match happened at and guy i'm guessing you were pleased it was over and done with quite quickly nice spear spot from bobby to be fair through the ring mm-hmm. um other than that yeah nice one yeah, Bobby Lashley had contact lenses in. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was that was slightly bizarre, but anyway, <laughs> that was his version of the diva. <laughs> so, so the main event, the much hyped main event that had been built so greatly up until uh, about three, four weeks ago, when I think it started to go a little bit cold because it was overexposed, and then we had the fun segment on the go home show of Raw. So it been really been built up a long time. It was a big, it was a big deal. Um. I, I've got to say, guy, I didn't like the helicopter thing with Charlotte because it kind of, it just didn't seem to, I, I don't know, it just didn't seem to link it. It was just like random. She landed outside, and then we went into someone else's entrance. It all seemed a bit sort of, I, I don't know, a bit out of place. Mm. And then it kind of, for, for me, the match, it was good, but it felt like it dragged a bit and almost like. 
that that entrance and not the non-entrance to someone else's entrance to an entrance that kind of summed up the match for me it was it, it didn't quite come together as I expected. Mm. Yeah, I mean, on the entrance, I mean, I'm not too arsed, but yeah, it was kind of weird. You got her landing and then not coming out. Obviously, you would have waited a while, but you could have pre-filmed that, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it was. It wasn't what we wanted, was it? It re, it was kind of a bit of a clunky mess, and the, the, there was a couple of nice spots. The Spanish fly, I think that's how you say it. Spanish fly off the top rope from Charlotte on Becky, I think it was, was very good. Um, but that ending was so shit. It was, it just felt like a mess. And I agree with what you said um, earlier when we are on about Kofi v. Daniel Bryan. If that was the plan for the tri- the women's triple threat, Kofi v. Bryan should have been the main event. I, I know it's iconic getting the women giving the women their first main event and stuff like that. But if that was the plan to have that finish, which obviously has been debated now, but it is, let's be honest, they wouldn't, you can't fuck it up that much. Um, why, why was that the main event? Mm. Kofi could have had the biggest WrestleMania moment ever and you've kind of got Becky Lynch stood there holding two belts and the crowd is just like, what the fuck just happened? This is shit. And yeah, it I I just felt it ended on a real damp squib. It, it, yeah, it, it was just, I I really didn't like it, and the match itself. The, I, I've I watched it live, five, five half five in the morning. I fell asleep halfway through that match. Watch it. Well, I think I woke up about nine ish. Watched the rest of it. it. Was kind of half dozing off between that. So it, I might be a bit too harsh because I'm kind of <laughs> half conscious watching it, but. I, I just I just felt really let down by this match, if I'm honest. Uh, to do, I, th- I think the fact that the event went so long didn't help, and that the you know the energy was kind of sucked from the crowd, and and I think they gave so much to the high point of of Kofi winning the the belt that it did it did take something out, and the the length of the event, but the finish as well, it just it was like an anti-climax almost like, wait, is that, is that it? And, and I think the pop that we should have got for Becky winning, we lost. Yeah. And if you look back to the build up to mania, even all the way back from Royal rumble, this has all led to the Becky Lynch coronation. And you would assume that they would have a better plan than how it transpired whether or not um, you know the ref messed up the count or this was how it was originally planned or, or whatever the case may be surely it, it had to have been bigger than this to say you know this is the girl that's carried this company if even especially when roman reigns was away she was the top merch seller in the company at the time um you've got to have something better than 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 this for the for her moment um, I thought just interestingly for the helicopter thing, I, I, I actually could see where WWE was going with it in terms of Charlotte had the helicopter, Rousey had the live band. I thought they both came across as larger than life. Where, you know, we, we were coming down to you mere mortals level, whereas Becky just had a plain normal entrance um, doing that whole I'm the people's champ type thing. So I think that's what they were trying to play off, the the contrast between the the the, the other two goals and Becky Lynch just being, you know, the 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 people's champion. 
Um, I thought one other thing was really cool in the match. Um, we've seen so many times in triple threats when it comes to rope breaks and how they don't matter. Um, yet whenever someone gets to the rope, uh, the ref either calls off the hold or the person lets go of the hold, whereas it's a no disqualification match. But in the match, I thought Ronda did really well to, she used the rope in order to lift Becky Lynch up and then slam her down. I thought that was really clever as in she was getting to the rope in order to use it to get up, not necessarily to try and break the hold. And for someone so new to the game, I thought that was really, really smart of, of, of her to use. Um, yeah, the, look, the finish, I think this mania will probably end up being remembered more for the Kofi moment than the Becky moment, whereas I thought it was an opportunity to make it a, a, a WrestleMania that's remembered for actually all three championship moments, including Seth's one. So it will be interesting to see how it how it ages and, and, and what happens there. But I thought it was interesting on Raw, they didn't even mention the 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 pen or anything to do with how Becky won the the match. So um that that made me even more curious. Mm, yeah, I guess in time we might get to find out more about that. So I mean we've gone over time, but guys to finish off um I need your match of the weekend, your moment of the weekend and your biggest disappointment of the weekend. And Tadiwa, as you were our guest, we'll let you go first. Match of the weekend, I think Kofi and Daniel Bryan. Um, that Daniel Bryan uh, flying goat sold me a ticket. I, I thought the match was over there. Um, they, they did really well. Um, and then it's mo- moment. Um, I think moment is, um, I'll pick something different. It's probably going to be John Cena bringing back Doctor of Thugonomics. I, I enjoy that whole segment um, from Elias playing in a band of just three Eliases to John Cena coming out, roasting him with the, the original rap battles and then even pumping up for the, the FU. I thought that was really good. And then the last one, is it underwhelming? Uh, yeah, biggest disappointment of the weekend. Biggest disappointment, I think, is them not properly coronating Becky Lynch. Um, obviously, she won the match, but I, I think they should have done better. Yeah, and, and Guy, what about yours? Um, match of the weekend, um, Gargano v. Cole. Uh, yeah, Gargano v. Cole. Um, moment, I'll give it Kofi, because it, it suckered me in, man. Uh, I wasn't asked going into it, and at the end of the match, I, I was I was loving it. It gave me that extra energy to almost watch the rest of WrestleMania. Um, it, it, I thought it was a brilliant moment, and yeah, I, I like the Elias shout as well, of course. He he's fantastic, but yeah, I'll go Kofi. And most disappointing, it's obvious. It's the only correct answer. It's Joe not choking out Dominic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we almost forgot that, didn't we? Uh, uh, Percy, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be different then uh, for my match of the weekend. I'm gonna pick the uh, the NXT tag team match. I just I thought it was fantastic. Um, my moment of the, of the weekend has to be the 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 Kofi win, just because yeah. That match, but it really it sucked me in. And seeing him with his kids afterwards, that was just it, it. Just felt really special. And the whole, even even referencing it on the Hall of Fame and everything, it just you got a sense of just how special it was. And, and biggest disappointment, I'm going to go with Tadiwa. It's the um, the the botch of of coronating Becky. How, how quite how they managed to botch something that they'd spent six months building towards. Hey, only WWE knows how, but hey, overall, 
Um, you enjoy the weekend, though, guys? Um, yeah, I think it, it, it's a fun weekend for WWE, and especially for a company that now has money in the bag with the new TV deal and stuff. Just book happy shows. It, yeah. it, it just makes life so much easier. Best, best complete weekend in well since we've been doing this podcast for my in my opinion. Oh, high praise indeed, high praise indeed. Anyway, guys, that is uh, that's that's it for this edition of the Pro Wrestling Index. Um, we, uh, if you do want to get in contact with us, uh, share your thoughts. Let us know what what were your what was your favorite match of the weekend? What was your favorite moment of the weekend? What was your biggest disappointment of the whole entire WrestleMania weekend? At PW underscore index is our Twitter handle. So uh, get in touch with us there. Let us know. As always, we do appreciate you listening to the show, downloading it. You are a part of things. We love you. Uh, but until next time, from myself, Guy, and Tadiwa, it's bye bye now. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.